Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Caster. Here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? I'm good, Adam. How are you? Pretty good. You know, as everybody in the sports media world, we're still recovering from the fallout of the NFL draft. You're not kidding. You're really, you're really not kidding. I mean, oh my God. I, I can tell you right now, I'm so drained. It's like spending a weekend in, in whatever tropical destination you want to pick, and then you don't remember any of it. Except I remember the draft, but like you know. I, I kind of look at it as the opposite. <laughs> I just spent the last, let's see how many three, four-ish days just trying to sort through the, the fallout of what was a interesting draft all around. I mean, I just think before. Before we go into the winners and losers, that's what we're doing. We're just going through winners and losers of this from a fantasy perspective. Adam, you want to take like two minutes apiece and talk about our team's drafts? Yes. I thought you'd never ask. All right. So do you want to start? You want to start with the Jets? Yes. All right. I I really like Joe Douglas. Just I'm not I'm even gonna end that sentence right there. I really like Joe Douglas. But more than that, I really like what Joe Douglas did in this draft. I mean, obviously, basically aside from corner, which was a huge need, and I wish we would have gotten, you know, a player with higher pedigree, quote unquote, at corner, aside from the two guys that we picked, um, uh, Jason Pinnock and Brandon Eccles, and Brandon Eccles. I just think that. Um, I like, I like it. I like this. I like the selections. I like the fact that we have two Michael Carters also. Bible schools, nonetheless. My, I know, right? So weird. And Michael Carter and then Michael Carter the second. I was making a joke to somebody at work. Like, I'm surprised Lil Wayne wasn't draft eligible. Then we could have had <laughs> Michael Carter. <laughs> you could have a third Michael Carter. But, um... I just think that we filled a lot of positions of need. I mean, making so much value, getting so much more value out of the Jamal Adams trade, getting somebody like Elijah Vera Tucker at 14, and then getting more weapons for Zach Wilson in the second round. Um, And also, I like I've heard. I've heard that um, Jamie and Sherwood is very versatile. He can play linebacker as well as safety. Yes. So, um, I think when I first saw that pick, I was like, "What the fuck? Why do we need more safeties? This doesn't make any sense." But then, when it, when that kind of uh, came out, like literally, he played almost half or a quarter of his snaps at inside or outside linebacker. And then the rest were at safety in the other secondary positions. So, I mean, this is a guy that is kind of like what Isaiah Simmons was last year, except obviously less uh, less heralded. But I think it's nice to have that kind of player. And I think Joe Douglas drafting two safeties is kind of like covering his ass also, in case the Jets don't do anything with Marcus May, which I hope they do, because I, re- I really, really hope they do. <laughs> Because that would not bode well for any other safeties that are coming to the Jets. Like, well, we we don't like safeties. We don't value safeties. If we let two of our our literally our first and second round picks from 2017 either get traded, force their way out, or just walk in free agency. Well, the argument is different regime. Yeah, it could say, you know, that oh, we didn't we didn't draft Jamal Adams. We didn't draft Marcus May. Marcus Bay was asking for too many dollars, same as Jamal Adams. And, you know, that's kind of that. I really like the Jets draft. I, I really did. Uh, Zach Wilson, of course, you know, we've gone over that one a thousand times. Elijah Vera Tucker went over that on Friday. Um, it doesn't matter what you're trading up for when you have the arsenal of draft picks that the Jets have, and they're not going to make the same mistake in not surrounding Zach Wilson with talent like they did with Sam Darnold and making that mistake with him. Sam Darnold is basically a sitting duck. They're not going to let that happen with Zach Wilson. There was no more evidence of that 
Then when they went out and they drafted Elijah Moore at number 34, I was shocked that he was available there. And the Jets, it's, it's a home run pick for the Jets because if you look at the history of Ole Miss receivers, recent history of Ole Miss receivers, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, I'm not saying Elijah Moore is anything like them, but he offers something a bit different that the Jets don't have, which is obviously great. You know, you have you have the you have the intermediate guy with Corey Davis that can definitely go deep and, and make big plays. Elijah Moore is going to be the underneath guy, and you have Denzel Mims that could be a little bit of everything. So this Jets offense, you can kind of see, is just starting to take shape uh, a little bit. And then probably one of my favorite picks this entire draft was, as you can see, my voice is cracking. I've just I've just been talking about this draft all weekend. So I apologize in advance. Fair enough. Uh, Michael Carter at uh, number 107, I believe it was, in the fourth yep. round. The running back, Michael Carter. The running back, Michael Carter. Yes. Yes. The running back, Michael Carter out of, U- out of UNC. I love that pick. I love that pick. I'll tell you why. I think Michael Carter has a real chance to be the number one running back that the Jets are looking for. I think he offers something completely different than any other running back that the Jets have on the roster. He's obviously now he's a he's a Joe Douglas guy. So I think now he's going to be given every opportunity in the world under Michael Floor, under Rob Sala, to come in and, and, and win this job. Is it going to happen right away? No, it's not going to happen right away. I fully expect that Tevin Coleman will be the guy for the first couple of weeks. But I also expect that Michael Carter is going to be given every opportunity to potentially take this job from Tevin Coleman by middle of the season. So in fantasy, he's a great stash. He's a fantastic stash if you are high on potentially what the New York Jets could be. I would also say that if you're looking for someone with pass catching upside, Michael Carter is that as well. So you could see him, especially if the Jets are down late in games, if they're not going to be very good this year you could still see Michael Carter contribute in some sort of way for, for fantasy, which is, which is fantastic, which is, which is absolutely fantastic. Cause you, you don't, you never haven't had a Jets running back that you could say you're comfortable with throwing out there, even in late game garbage time situations, Michael Carter could potentially be that, but he has to win. Uh, he has to win that job first, but it, all in all, I, I thought the Jets had a, a really, really, really good draft. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that it's it should be interesting to see what that means for uh, Lamichael Pirine. Also, he's probably gonna be a bit part guy now, which is unfortunate because I think he showed flashes last year of being really good. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. I thought so as well. But I mean, who knows if um, Michael Lafleur takes a little Forty ers with him and uh, wants to have a committee like it is in San Francisco. That's also true. So who knows what the uh, what the situation is going to be. Because obviously hopefully. they're not going to tell him now. Oh. They're not going to tell us now. Hopefully Mike, Mike LaFleur has gotten away from Kyle Shanahan and his just absolute needing to use a committee on absolutely everything that he does. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Who is your winner? Well, actually, no. Let's talk about the cow. Talk about the Cowboys. Please. I was gonna say, we <laughs> to talk about the Cowboys. Well, the Jets are a winner in the draft, so that's why I thought we were just moving on. But yeah, let's talk about the Cowboys. Um, this is either going to be Jerry Jones's best draft ever. Or it's going to be his worst. And I just look at there are a couple picks right in the heart of this draft for Dallas. That when I looked at it, I just kind of said to myself, huh? Kelvin Joseph at 44th overall, I did not have him as a top 75 player. Uh, Osa Idigzua, I did not have him as a top 100 player. Chauncey Golston did not have him as a top 100 player. And Nashawn Wright, I did not have as a top 150 player on my big board in, in this draft. With the corners, the one thing that I, I kind of gather with them. And if you want to really go deeper with that, I think it's more nation Wright and Israel Mukuamu. If I said that right from South Carolina, who was college teammates with, uh, with JC Horn. These are guys that are big corners, not necessarily Joseph, but he, he, Kelvin Joseph was good this year, but the problem is 
is that when he got burned by Kyle Pitts, that was the end of him in Kentucky. He just said, you know what? I'm going to take my four interceptions that teams have seen. Hopefully they forget that I got burned by Kyle Pitts because who wouldn't? And I'm going to just run for the hills. With Wright. Well, then what's going to happen when he gets burned by uh, Kyle Pitts in the actual NFL and like burned by Kenny Galladay? Twice well, a hopefully, year. hopefully, Micah Parsons will uh, will have that one covered, and not uh, not Kelvin Joseph, and not Kelvin Joseph, but uh, Mukuamu and uh, Nashawn Wright. These are corners that are long, very very athletic. Not necessarily the guys that are going to just jump off the page in terms of you know quick or 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 athle- I don't want to say athletic. There's another word that I'm looking for, but. They just fit the scheme more than anything else. And again, like I said, I did not have Nashawn Wright in my top 100. I did not have uh, – I had Mukwamu inside my uh, my top 200, so I did like him. So where the Cowboys did get him, uh, 227 was actually a value according to my uh, my board. But they they want to get guys that are long corners and – I like the draft for the Cowboys in the sense of they needed to draft defense. They needed to. And Did they with, ever? The exception, with the exception of two picks, everything else was defense. One of my favorite picks in this entire draft. Well, three picks, actually. They picked- That's true. They, drift, they drafted uh, Farniak from uh, Nebraska yeah. with, their, with their last pick. Okay, so three. Uh, one of my favorite picks in this draft, believe it or not, was uh, Jabril Cox who Dallas took at 115 overall. I know that Jake had Jabril Cox as one of his favorites. He was one of my favorites as well, a linebacker from uh, from LSU. I mean, if you want to say a loser is from this draft, then this isn't from a fantasy perspective, but Leighton Van Der Esch is a huge loser. because It, yeah. just, it just seems like that they, are, uh, that they don't trust him to be there, and it looks like that Leighton Van Der Esch could be, uh, could be hitting, hitting the road on, uh, on that – Boise State Bronco bus thing that his parents drive to from Boise all the way down to Dallas when uh, there's a Cowboys game that, he, that his family wants to go and see. He could so, have carpooled um, with Kellen Moore. True, true. Like, he could carpool with Kellen Moore. That, that is very true. Um, one thing I do want to touch on, though, and that is it became very evident to me, at least, that the words character concerns – don't matter to the Dallas Cowboys. Do not matter. Micah Parsons, big character concerns. You have the whole hazing incident that happened at Penn State. Kelvin Joseph quitting on his team, quite frankly. Um, Josh Ball was a huge, huge concern. There are people who had Josh Ball as a second-round talent, but he was accused of domestic violence. Oh boy. And had accusations levied against him when he was back at Marshall, which completely cratered his draft stock. And Dallas just kind of said, okay, you know what? We're going to, we're going to take that. And, and, you know, that's, that's kind of that. So did uh, Dallas clearly did not have any concerns about that. And I mean, how can they? I mean, they, this is the same football team that has employed players such as Rolando McLean, Greg Hardy, Alden Smith, Randy Gregory. So, I mean, this is this is a football team that has a history of bringing in bad apples, for lack of a better phrase. So we can only hope that these players pan out. I think there was if there's one that was worth the gamble, besides Michael Parsons, of course, because he does fill a need in, in the long term. I think Josh Ball can actually be someone that pans out for Dallas if he can just keep on the straight and narrow. Because they have a need at left tackle. They're going to have a need in a couple of years when Tyron Smith evidently hangs it up. Josh Ball could potentially be the heir apparent to to Tyron Smith as the left-sided anchor for this Cowboys offensive line. Guy, like I said, who had second-round talent written all over him, but his off-field issues. I talked to a couple uh, of sources from various teams who have said that Josh Ball was just off the board entirely for them. So when well, yeah, Dallas I mean, saw that, I just said, you know what, snap that up, and uh, and that's that. Yeah, no, I mean, that that stuff is just like – Complete PR nightmare. Dallas doesn't care. Clearly, Dallas. Well, Dallas is like we're one of the most valuable franchises in the NFL. Who give people are still going to watch our games. We're still going to get like fifty thousand primetime games. Bingo. No matter who we employ, 
Bingo. We could literally be the ex-con team, the, like the prisoner team from the Waterboy. <laughs> and could, we would still... <laughs> you could have Charles Manson as your starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, and they would still have over 20 million people watching on Sunday Night Football. He would still be at least in the top 20 in jersey sales. But at least. At least. At least. At least. Um, but again, like I said, just to wrap this up for the Cowboys, we'll move on to just talking about the draft as a whole. This can either be an A-plus draft for the Cowboys or it can be an F. So we'll have to wait and yeah. see. We'll have to wait and see. But I think uh, I, I liked what I saw in terms of the defense getting much, much needed help. And hopefully some of these young players can uh, can get some of these veterans who are grossly overpaid on very high salaries. They can get them out of a job, which would be great. Yeah, well, it's good that Jerry Jones realized that the offense really doesn't need anything. And he's just like, we need to fix this defense. I mean, one of my actually one of my favorite picks of this draft was uh, was Sean Fioco of uh, of Stanford that Dallas has decided to go and get leading receiver in the Pac-12 last year, six four, a massive human being. But the problem is, is that he's like the fifth guy in the Dallas depth chart at receiver. Yeah, I mean, what are they gonna? How are they? Who knows? Well, they, I guess they 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 like the big body, and I guess that's just something that they don't feel like they have in their receiving. Uh, room right now so can't argue with a guy that's uh six four yeah no you you really can't you oh. really really can't i mean you see tall you see tall receivers succeeding all the fucking time that's true that's basically where aj green made his money is being a very tall receiver how about kenny galladay yep kenny galladay, kenny galladay just, just literally made his money off of that <laughs> yeah Kenny, Kenny Galladay, Calvin Johnson, DK Metcalf will get a big boy contract as a result of him being very, very tall as well. That's correct. So. All right. Going into winners and losers of this draft. Some of this stuff is kind of easy. Some of it is a lot more clear cut. I mean, I don't know. Do you want to start negative or do you want to start positive? I will get the negative out of the way. Okay. Um, I mean, listen. One of my losers for the draft. Let's just get this out of the way. It's the Green Bay Packers. Regardless of what they of what they did, Green the Green Bay Packers were the losers from Thursday to Saturday, and even further and beyond, just because of the fact that they have this this ridiculous situation with Aaron Rodgers. Ryan Guttenkunst better get. He, he better start working those damn phones to try and uh, mend that fence. Because, yeah, ugh, God. yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't know if you heard, I don't know if you saw uh, Matt LaFleur's, you know, post draft availability, media availability. I did. Where it sounded like he was um, saying a you where he wrote a eulogy for Aaron Rodgers. He would have rather been anywhere else in that yeah. moment. It sounded like he was about to cry, actually. Well, no shit. I mean, he, he knows. Was like, he knows without Aaron Rodgers, his job, his job security went from like here, at the tippy top to, like middle road. Now he he just lost about fifty points of job security within a matter of uh, ninety six hours. He's just like that's that's a great question. That's a great question. Well, you know, we we really like Aaron Rodgers. He's a great player. He's really done so much for us. I like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> He said, we really hope, we're, we're very optimistic that he's going to come back and be with us. Very optimistic as as in we're hoping and fucking praying. <laughs> yeah. We're hoping and fucking praying. But, I mean, at this point, the Packers were just like, you know what? Who cares that our quarterback is about to leave us? We're going to go basically all defense. They did draft Amari Rodgers, though. They did draft a. They drafted a an A Rogers. They drafted an A Rogers. So they will have an A Rogers, regardless. <sighs> that's so ridiculous. That's so funny how this it works. Really, it works really, it really is. I mean, listen, I, I I like Amari Rogers a lot. Yeah, but the, I mean, the draft as a whole. I mean, I don't know. It's all right. I I think they they realized that the defense w- was a problem, and that's for the reason why they lost in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, they they completely screwed themselves a little bit when they took Eric Stokes in the first round. And I, I'm not saying that Eric Stokes is a bad player, not by not by any stretch. 
But Elijah Moore was there. They could have taken him. Exactly. You you want to mend that fence. You take a receiver. You take a receiver. You you get. Maybe maybe Brian Gutekunst does not want Aaron Rodgers back. I I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, probably because I mean Aaron Rodgers wants him fired. So, hey, I hear uh, Las Vegas this time of year is uh, very very beautiful. I hear it's a very easy flight to get from Las Vegas to Los Angeles, where you can go and host Jeopardy. If only the Rams and the Chargers needed uh, quarterbacks. Or the Niners. Or the Niners. I'm sure traveling in helicopter from San Francisco to Los Angeles is uh, not too tough. Yeah. Well, when you are Aaron Rodgers and so have no need to fly commercial ever. Yeah. Isn't like four hours, like a four-hour drive between San Francisco and Los Angeles? I thought it was like five. Yeah, it's rough. That's like from here to Massachusetts. That's how big yeah, California it's, it's is. From New York, it's from New York to Boston. Yeah. That's with the ferry. That's how I'm that's how I'm including it in my head. On the highway, it's like four hours. Okay, so going around is 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 faster. Yeah. It's good to know. It's good to know. Next time next time I go to Boston, I'll make sure to, I'll make sure to take your way. Yeah. Cause I mean the ferry, you have to like wait for the ferry, whatever. It's besides the point. Um, I mean, other than that, like, you know, the Packers really, really missed an opportunity drafting a receiver. And I think that, well, they, I mean, they drafted Amari Rogers, of course, who was good, but I think they, I don't know. They, there were other needs that they could have, uh, that they could have drafted. I think that they could have, there are other needs that they filled, but I think kind of like with the Jets, I feel like they could have filled those needs earlier like linebacker for one thing or just edge rusher in general. Well, linebacker and edge rusher were pretty deep and I th- I think they they understood that and they, I mean the only the only real qualm that I had was just not giving Aaron Rodgers a receiver in uh in round 1. But yeah, I mean obviously it's hard to say that Green Bay is a winner when you have such a loose situation and and loose is using is that using that word loose very, very mildly loose situation you with, your, uh, with your quarterback. Could you say that you're using that word loosely? I am using loosely, loosely. Yes. There you go. I am using loosely, loosely. It's these kinds of, la- it's this kind of language use that I, that I live for. We're, we're, we're all for uh, nice uses of language here on this program. Yep. All right. So loser for me. Yep. Oh, this is easy. Melvin Gordon. Not that that's easy. Yeah. Denver Denver Broncos trading up, trading up to get Javante Williams, who I think could be the starting running back for this Broncos team come half the season. Bill and Gordon, the final year of his contract, I am sure he is so excited to get the hell out of Denver. Because my God, it was has that been just a complete and utter disaster? A, a total train wreck. Total, total train wreck. Melvin Gordon, for me, before that, was like a third or a fourth round pick in fantasy. Now, I'm not drafting him before round seven. No way. Yeah. We saw we saw what that offense looked like last year. No. Nope. Not, not a chance. Not a freaking chance. Yeah. Um, I have one more loser for the draft. Oh, I got a, I got a bunch more. Oh, you got so. a bunch? Yes, I, I hope we were doing it. one one each. Uh, Kirk Cousins is one. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Kirk Tell Cousins, him on. one of Jake's guys. One of Jake's guys. I mean, when when's it gonna happen? That the clock is ticking now on on Kirk Cousins. I don't think we see it this year unless Minnesota is just so totally out of it. Next I mean, year, though, Kellen Mond could be in a very, very good. Will be in a very, very good situation when he's he starts. in a very good situation with Dalvin, with Justin Jefferson. Uh, maybe, maybe he'll get some good years with Thielen. He's still, in a great though, spot. 
I think it was a really good, you know, I think it was a really good place for Kellen Mond to go. I think so too. I think so too. And if, if what I heard from the last couple of days are true, that the Vikings were one of the teams that wanted to trade up to get Justin Fields. There seems to be this this planning, I guess, that they want to get that next. They wanted to get that next guy in, and it, unfortunately, it wasn't Fields. But they get Kalamond, who I liked, but I didn't like as much as Jake did. Jake had Kalamond as his number five quarterback, so we'll see if Jake is uh, Jake is right on that. But he Kalamond is in a great situation to produce. Yeah, no, he he most certainly is. Um, if you want another team loser, I think it's hard to say that the Jacksonville Jaguars are losers because they drafted Trevor Lawrence, but they really, I feel like they kind of bungled the Jalen Ramsey trade, at least the assets that they got from the Jalen Ramsey trade. Well, I mean, look, there's no, there's no real winning in that trade when you're trading arguably the best corner in football for a bundle of draft picks and praying that the draft picks that you make pan out. It's unfortunate, you know, that, that that happened, but it's a new program in, in Jacksonville over Meyer, you know, was drafting his guys for the most part. I, 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 me personally, I did not love this draft for Jacksonville at all. I thought this was a real, I don't want to say collegiate draft, but it was more guys that I think urban Meyer was familiar with. More than anything else. And, you know, that's just not how you build a successful program in the National Football League. Which, I I, I don't know. I could be very wrong about this. But, you know, I I wasn't a big fan of of Jacksonville's draft. And another loser for me is James Robinson. Yeah, no, definitely. And we talked about this on Friday. I don't don't want to go into it too much. Uh, But James James Robinson has got to be a... Huge, huge, huge loser for for this. I mean, Travis Etienne is probably going to be the guy. Yeah, although Urban Meyer said that he, that he sees Travis Etienne as a third down back, which, honestly, I don't really believe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. You, you, you just drafted a guy in the first round for him to be a third down back. Okay. I uh, highly doubt that that is exactly how he thinks. Hmm. Okay. Right. I'm, 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 I'm sure urban. I'm sure that's, uh, I'm sure that's what you, uh, you had in, uh, had in mind there. Um, it's about as real as the Mets new hitting approach coach, Donnie Stevenson. <laughs> who is, <laughs> who is amazing by the way. Is he amazing? Yeah. Well, the Mets have won. Uh, the Mets have won the past two games that he's been hired, or since he's been hired. So he must be doing some good things then. I I think it's drugs, frankly. But <laughs> I think it's drugs. I think I think it's code for something. For I think it's code for like drugs because it's funny because just going on a tangent. So all the Mets were asked about Donnie Stevenson because they were like, oh, we didn't see him in the media guide. Who is this guy? And like Luis Rojas was like, well, you know, he's great. He really lights up the, he really, you know, lit a fire on everybody, lights up the room, that sort of thing. And he's like, yeah. And ever, it's funny because it was, it's like the best kind of inside joke where like half of the people don't know, but they have to go along with it also. Cause like they asked Brandon Nimmo and Brandon Nimmo just fucking laughed. <laughs> and then he's like, oh yeah, no, Donnie, he's great. He's our guy. He's our hitting approach guy. Ah, love it. Teams are fun. It's a very interesting story, Adam. Fuck Philadelphia, by the way. That was it. Wasn't a homer. My fantasy team would have liked that. Yeah. Any fantasy team that employs Reese Hoskins is dead to me. Love Reese Hoskins. That's a great guy. Great man. Great man. What a king. Um, I would say I, I could make a case that Rashad Bateman is a loser. Okay. I, I think 
I yeah yeah I I I'll I'll say Rashad Bateman just because while I was a fan of his talent, I, I mean Lamar Jackson's a winner because he has a guy to throw to, but I just don't know if he's going to get the consistent reps because it is Baltimore and because it is Lamar Jackson in a very run heavy offense. So yeah, I'm not. I think Rashad Bateman has got to be uh, got to be classified as a uh, as a loser in this situation, and another loser, and this is not directly from the draft, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire, loser. Why is that? Because the Kansas City Chiefs signed Jarek McKinnon during this draft, so now you have Jarek McKinnon, Darwin Thompson, Daryl Williams. All in a committee with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah, um, I, look, I didn't, I'm not souring on Clyde necessarily, but it, it's I'm, I'm he's holding on for dear life. Put it this way: I have Najee Harris ranked above Clyde Edwards-Alaire already. Oh boy, yeah, Najee Najee Harris is my number sixteen running back right now. Well, that says a lot. Yep, Najee Harris is sixteen. And Travis Etienne is my number 24, I believe. Yep. Um, another loser for me, Washington. I I wish they would have gotten a quarterback. I mean, Kyle Trask was there. Um, he, he was drafted like 13 picks later in the second round than where they drafted uh, Samuel Cosme at tackle. Although, I mean, Samuel Cosme is, was a good, is a good pick in a vacuum. Very good pick. I thought it was a value for Washington. It was a really good pick. Yeah, no, it's a really good pick. But I, you know, you wish that they would have gotten one of the quarterbacks at least, or maybe even like a like a project quarterback later in the draft. Maybe they feel like they have one with Heineke. Yeah, maybe they feel like Heineke is that project quarterback that they have. But I, I, I understand your concerns. I, I, I have the same. Um. The Arizona Cardinals for basically having their draft, having their first round pick, say that he wants to kill every they, that they're going to kill everybody on Listen, the spot. I, I thought the Cardinals had a great draft. They, no, they did have a great draft. I'm just, I'm just playing fun, making fun. But they did have a really good draft. See, yeah, I was good. I would that was going to be my first winner was Kyler Murray. Because they have, they now bring Rondell Moore to the table. Oh my God, Rondell Moore has some of the best breakaway speed out of any receiver in this draft. And I think him with him with Kyler, holy crap! And and D Hop, holy shit! And Christian Kirk, it's amazing. Mm. Still though, but they, you know, you get the three, whatever, two and a half, two and a half good players. Um, Christian know, Kirk is not my cup of tea. I think you know that. I know. I think let's just go straight into winners then. Oh, this uh, is a, a, a much more uh, bountiful kind of uh, category. Indeed. Um, another one for me, Matt Ryan. How could it not be Matt Ryan? First off, you get me the best tight. They got him the best tight end in the draft. Potentially one of the best tight ends in history. Um, he's so good incredible and they didn't even draft um a quarterback so matt ryan is like well my job is safe for another couple for maybe for at least this year maybe more and now i get another weapon he's he's got to be happy he's got to be really really happy i would be i would be uh winner for me cue the music folks Welcome back, Alan Robinson. Welcome back. Adam, I would like to make an official statement. On behalf of the Basement Talk Podcast family of podcasts, we are back in endorsing Alan Robinson as a top five receiver for next year. Lock it. Bam. Done. All right. Justin Fields coming in. We've seen Andy Dalton be... Competent enough with receivers in the past. The only concern that I have is I think that Andy Dalton may look to spread the ball out a little bit more. He did it when he was with Dallas. But I think he knows, you know, just what Allen Robinson means to this football team. And if Andy Dalton does it, Justin Fields will. 
So yeah, Al Robinson will be a top. Well, it's going to be a top five receiver for me again. Okay. Big um, winner. Big winner. Big winner. My son, Allen Robinson. I have another winner. Go ahead. Um, you might hate it because it's of a team that you do not like. It is Jalen Hurts. I have no problem with that. No. Shocked well, Zach Hurts didn't get traded. Me too. I mean, I uh, Jake posted on Twitter like, oh, should the Jets be in on Zach Hurts because they didn't draft a tight end? And that would be fascinating. Can you imagine that team with Zach Ertz on it? That'd be something. The Zach to Zach attack. The Zach to Zach connection. No, Zach to Zach attack. That's what's going to be. Oh, you, I, I, you, you like your uh, your rhymy wimies. I do. Although I do hate that you called it that. I do like rhymes. What's wrong with the rhymy wimey? Perhaps, perhaps my favorite rhymy wimey happens to be Yowie Wowie. It most certainly is. Lo- Yowie Wowie is a great phrase. It takes a lot to get it out of you. It takes like that when you say that, you know that something actually interesting has happened. What Yowie Wowie? Yeah. Yowie Wowie is a fantastic phrase. I'm pretty sure Homer actually coined Yowie Wowie in the Iliad and the Odyssey. I'm pretty sure when uh when um when Ulysses was was going back to uh oh no it was Odysseus. Well it depends on which which book what tra- what translation of, of the uh, of the book the Odyssey is. the, the Odyssey. Odyssey is Ulysses. Yeah. When Ulysses went back to go see uh, Helena getting uh, courted by all of the uh, male suitors, I think my man uh, Odysseus was like, yowie wowie. Yeah. That, that's a direct quote, by the way. Direct direct I so. quotation. I think uh, Achilles said the same thing when he got shot in his in – his, uh, Achilles. In the Achilles tendon. He in said yowie wowie. Yeah. I, absolutely, Adam. I, I could not agree more. I'm, I'm yep. glad we're on the same page this one. Yep. But yes, uh, Jalen Hurts, he got his old college teammate, Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy winner, really, really good receiver, um, a great weapon, and then also uh, one of the better centers in the draft in Landon Dickerson. Yeah, Landon Dickerson pick was a very, very, very good one. Very good one. All right, Adam, shield your your ears. Okay. I swear to God, if you're going to say New England is a winner of the draft, I'm going to come over there. Oh, no. I have to eat crow. Okay. I have to eat crow. Just shut up for two seconds. Mm -hmm. AJ Brown is a winner. He's a winner. Tennessee did not draft a receiver that could potentially hinder any anything that will go AJ Brown's way. I could make the case that AJ Brown should be the number two receiver on everybody's boards. Because he is going to get fed. Now, common sense also says that AJ Brown's gonna see a lot more double coverages. AJ Brown is going to be an emphasis to really stop him from being the guy that beats teams. But sometimes you can't do that. Sometimes that there's a guy that's just too damn good and too damn talented that doesn't matter what you put on him. Look at his college teammate, DK Metcalf, much the same situation. But DK Metcalf is now going to be splitting with Tyler Lockett and then the receiver that they, that they drafted. This is not going to be that. A.J. Brown is going to have a monster season. And if you were to tell me that AJ Brown is the, going to be the number two receiver coming off of people's boards, I wouldn't be surprised. And if you were to say to me that Aaron Rodgers does not have Devonte Adams, you can make a case for AJ Brown being the number one receiver. I know it's drafting yeah. him at a ceiling. I know that, but I just see so many, so many special things with A.J. Brown coming this year. The A.J. Brown wide receiver one campaign is on.
I am all aboard the AJ Brown train. Like, oh my God. You know, huge, kind of wish- huge winner, AJ Brown. Huge. I kind of wish I actually shielded my ears because I cannot believe the words that I am hearing coming out of your mouth. Listen, when AJ Brown was drafted, I was a huge AJ Brown guy, but Tennessee with my man Corey Davis. I didn't want to see AJ Brown. Our man Corey Davis. That's true. That's true. Your your newly adopted son Corey Davis, who I who I gave birth to. Yes, Corey. Our son Corey Davis. I I didn't want to see AJ Brown really go into that, but now that Corey Davis is in his own spot, AJ Brown's in his own spot. I could really get on board with AJ Brown. I mean, I have AJ Brown right now as my number four receiver, ahead of Stephon Diggs, ahead of uh, Keenan Allen, ahead of Allen Robinson. Head of DK Metcalf, only behind DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams for now. Yeah, I mean, AJ Brown might be the winner, but I don't think the Tennessee Titans will be a winner. I do. I do. I, I think they needed to draft a higher caliber of receiver. Well, they did. They did sign Josh Reynolds. They have. They have that. They have Khalif Des- Raymond, who we saw do some some some. Okay, things. They have Anthony Ferkser. They have Michael Pruitt. Very possible we see two tight end sets. And it's very possible that they can go out and they could sign a receiver. Which, I don't. I mean, I don't know who's left. I don't know who they can go out and uh, and sign off the, top of, off the top of my head. But it's very possible that they could just be locked in on what they have for, for the time being. And, yeah, I, like I said, Adam, a, a, A.J. Brown... Oh my good lord! Oh my good lord! I am hot and heavy for AJ Brown. Like like I said, I mean, you tell you tell me, Adam, who who would you rather have, AJ Brown or Stephon Diggs? Half PPR. Uh, I think I'd rather have Stephon Diggs. I'd rather have Brown. So here are some of the receivers that are available. Okay, a lot of them are old. And also kind of bad. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Nope. Golden Tate. Possibly. Julian Edelman. Nope. Well, he's retired. But uh, Danny Amendola. Potentially with the Vrabel connection. I could see that. Jaboy, Des Bryant. So the X-Baby. Bye, guy. Um, Yeah. Not much else. No, it's like there's, there's much else out there. I mean, the Amendola one makes so much sense. They wanted to bring in a veteran guy. That would basically be the only one. Well, Golden Tate too. Golden yeah. Tate makes makes some level of sense as well. But yeah, AJ Brown, huge winner, huge winner. All right, um, another winner in this draft. I will not say New England because I cannot. I can't. I physically can't. Love the new Tom Brady. Love him. Uh, Please don't call him that. (laughs) Please don't call him that. I'm getting like, just don't. Just don't do it. Uh, Honestly, if we didn't talk about our teams, I would have said the Jets. Because what a great draft that they had. Um... I'd say that um, the Carolina Panthers, just out of everything, trading for Sam Darnold, uh, getting more offensive line help for him, getting Terrace Marshall Jr., getting a shutdown corner in J.C. Horn, um, and getting a running back in Chuba and uh, Chuba Hubbard. It's funny how that pick. I'm, I'm sure you heard. That basically the reason that they that uh, Panthers picked Chuba Hubbard is because he torched Baylor when Matt Rule was there. I'm sure and, that was the reason. <laughs> and Matt Rule's wife was like, "You should pick him." He he dropped like he like uh, tore eviscerated you, guys out. you. Yeah, he eviscerated you. You should draft them. And somebody at work like texted who's like friends with Matt Rule. He texted him and was like. Is that story with your wife true? He's like, 100%. 100%. That's hysterical. Yep. 
Did someone say fantasy value for Chuba Hubbard? Yeah. Handcuffed to Christian McCaffrey. That's your guy. Sorry, Mike Davis. Mike Davis is a huge winner. Huge winner. Massive, massive, massive winner. Because Mike Davis, they did not, they did not draft anybody. So they basically have said that Mike Davis is the guy. The only guy that at least that I can think of off the top of my head that Atlanta added to their running back room over the weekend, unless I'm completely mistaken, but I'm almost positive that I'm not, was Javian Hawkins out of Louisville as an undrafted free agent. Mike Davis season. We're we're on it. And you know, if you're looking if you're looking for a guy that can get you 15, 18 touches in the late rounds, Mike Davis could end up being a steal in drafts. A steal. Yeah, I mean, who else is there? Like that's the thing. But you look at him in this off in this offense that has only gotten better. Well, that's you what know, I'm saying. If like, you could who say else Julio, is there, Mike Davis is the guy. If you could say Julio's going to be there, you could say Ridley will be there. Hayden Hurst, they added Kyle Pitts, Matt Ryan, and Mike Davis is a part of this. Mike Davis is their 15, 18 touch running back. Ooh. I love it. 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 And Miles Gaskin as well. Big winner. Big winner that it's looking like Miles Gaskin, at least from the jump, is going to be the week one running back for Miami. So it's not it's not completely, you know, I think people people were almost scared, you know, to say cuz I know we were. We said on the show that we were afraid that Miles Gaskin, the hype around Miles Gaskin could be dead and buried. Nope. Miles Gaskin could get the opportunity to to, uh, to really make the job his own, but of course Salvin Ahmed is there. You have Lynn Bowden, who's the the Swiss Army knife that they have in uh in Miami. So yeah, Miles Gaskin, huge winner, not inside my top 24 running backs, but definitely inside my top 30 and can definitely be had at a value. And there is some breaking news that does affect my Dallas Cowboys. They have officially announced they are not going to use the fifth year option on Leighton Van Rush. Yep. Well, that's a, I think it's funny because you mentioned the Falcons kind of in passing when we were doing the whole, doing the whole thing about Mike Davis, but I think, one loot well we already talked about losers but one loser that we kind of missed is Hayden Hurst at this point yeah you can make that case you could definitely you could definitely say that because his fifth year option wasn't picked up and um the Falcons just drafted Kyle Pitts so maybe that is a trade candidate for the Jets potentially yeah potentially um yeah I think another winner is the Los Angeles Chargers. They had a really, really good draft. Yeah. Um, good job. They, they were able, yeah, they were able to get help on their offensive line with Rashawn Slater and uh, Brendan James. They got a really good corner in Asante Samuel Jr. They kind of realized that the offense was pretty good, pretty solid at this point. But the uh, the defense is what kind of needed the help because the defense is the reason, really, that they were able to lose all of those games and kind of get Anthony Lynn fired. I have one more winner. I have one more winner, and I want to touch on two losers really, really, really fast. Winner. Okay. Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. Bills did not draft the running back for the first time since 2018. So it's their backfield again. So anybody who was looking for an even bigger mess in Buffalo did not get it. It is still a mess, but there's still some clarity between Moss and Singletary. So only an know, organized mess. It's an it's an organized mess. Yeah, it, it's not. It, it wasn't thrown into complete disarray. So Moss Singletary winners for sure. Uh, two more losers that I want that I wanted to throw in. Um, Miles Sanders loser. Because of the addition of Kenny Gainwell, who was one of my favorite running backs coming out. 
and now you have Philadelphia, this backfield is going to be a disaster. Miles Sanders is not a top 15 running back for me. I won't be drafting him as such. So anybody who wants to go and do that, go be my guest. I would not recommend it because I think this is going to be a complete fucking nightmare. And my last, my last loser is Logan Thomas. And one of Jake's favorite players in this draft, Dimey Brown, drafted by the Washington football team. You they added Curtis Samuel in the offseason. It's just looking like that Logan Thomas is going to be going back to just kind of like that filler tight end that really doesn't live up to his full potential this year, but isn't isn't really a disappointment or anything. But he'll be disappointed if you draft him. I he Logan Thomas is not a top 15 tight end for me. So he's just completely off of my fantasy radar. Yeah, I mean, is it too obvious just to say that, I mean, the Texans were losers? We didn't even talk about the freaking Texans. Adam, I am so so happy you brought that up. Yeah. Their first pick of the draft, they spend on a quarterback. I know. That's crazy. And what did sorry, we say? Sorry. What did we I'm say sorry. on this show on Friday? That the news on Deshaun Watson has gone quiet. Nope. Not anymore. No. Well, clearly the Texans know something. There are, gonna... pe- there are people out there that think Deshaun Watson will not be playing in 2021. Frankly, my, advice, my advice to people that have Deshaun Watson in, in Dynasty Try and sell if you can get something that has value. Do it because it's not looking good. It's not looking good when they when the Texans come out and basically confirm to everybody and something else too that the Texans have had their front office, their head coach, their new head coach, basically tell everyone. Oh, Deshaun Watson is going to be the quarterback for this football team. Ignoring the clear and obvious, what everyone sees, that the writing is on the wall. Now they drafted Davis Mills. It just seems like divorce is inevitable. The question just is how. How and when will this divorce happen? And looks like Davis Mills is going to be the future of uh, the Houston Texans franchise for uh, for the time being because I – I mean, even if maybe the short term future, I don't know, even even if Deshaun Watson is cleared of any wrongdoing, he's not going back to Houston. No way. No way. Yeah, that that whole situation is just nuts. I think I mean, frankly, I think it's going to be by suspension that that the divorce happens between Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. Most likely. That's my where my money is going. But. Well, there there are still teams, according to my sources, that are very still very interested in, in Deshaun Watson. They're still very interested in bringing him in, even Too if bad. even if there's a suspension on the cards. There are teams that are really really interested in uh, in bringing him in. Yeah, I mean, there really wasn't much you could do if you're Houston because you only had five picks in the draft. But I I just don't think that it was kind of the way to go. Well, they had to get an insurance plan. They had to. Yeah. They had and they to. Had, yeah, somebody to back up Tyrod Taylor. And Tyrod learn. Taylor. And learn. And learn. Yeah, exactly. And may, and, and I, I bet. I would Come make a good bet. Eventually when Tyrod Taylor gets injured because that because you know that's how that goes. Or performance. Or performance. We see, uh, we see Davis Mills become the guy to at least see what, what they have and then – and then maybe they get a quarterback next year. Yeah. If they have a first round pick. Oh my god. Do they have a first round pick? Hold on. I'm looking right now. Oh, Bill O'Brien. The gift that keeps on giving. Please God tell me they have a first round pick. Please God. Uh let's see. But I mean, I'm sure if you ask David Shaw. The uh, head coach at Stanford, he would have loved the pick of Davis Mills. That's I think his guy. It, yeah, that's his guy. I think a lot of people like Davis Mills. 
Oh my god. They don't, do they? Oh, no. I they do. Oh, thank. Okay. They do. Well, thank God for them anyway. They do. Yep, they have a first, a second, and a third next year. Uh they have the Rams fourth. They have a fifth, they have a sixth. Oh, excuse me. No, no, no. They have a first, a second, a third. They have two fourths. They have a fifth, they have a sixth, and they have two sevenths. All right, then. Was it an embarrassment? They are loaded with draft capital. They have all the draft picks in the world. They have all the draft picks. Lots of draft picks. And they're all going to be terrible. I hope not. I hope not. The poor Texans. I mean, they're going to be low anyway. The poor Texans. (laughs) I know. Oh That's God! What, it's like they're fast. Fo- it's like they're fast forwarding to catch up with everybody else's like miserable history in the NFL. So because they've only been around for like twenty years. God, next year is going to be the twentieth year anniversary of the Houston Texans becoming God. a franchise. Good God! Yeah, that poor for that poor franchise. And they just—they've been through so much. They have. They've been through a lot. <laughs> Just the city of Houston. Anyway, uh, yeah, so the Houston Texans are, are losers for me. Hey, Adam. Yes, Bird. Mock draft Thursday? Mock draft on Thursday. Let's I get am it. so down. I am more than down. Let's get it. I am subterranean. That's how down I am. I'm very, I'm very excited. Because, I mean, like, like I said to everybody on Friday, welcome to draft season. Yep. This is this it. Is, yeah, this is real. This is this is where it really counts. You know, before you'd be like, oh well, you know, who knows where everybody's gonna go. Yeah, I mean but, you could you could speculate before and you could say, Oh yeah, I kinda like this guy, yeah, I kinda like that guy. I mean, I know a lot of people that I talked to were very high on Logan Thomas. <sighs> dead. That's dead. I was watching gonna, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know if I said this on Friday. So I was watching the draft with uh, the Basin Talk podcast weatherman, Jared Faggion. And two of his guys, <laughs> two of his guys <laughs> were T. Higgins and James Robinson. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So he, he had a bad run there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, <laughs> within had a bad four run. hours. Within four hours, just destroyed hopes and dreams. Hopes and dreams were destroyed. <laughs> hopes and dreams were destroyed. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yep, we'll do uh, we'll do a little uh, little mock um, on uh, on Thursday, and then we'll keep going in terms of discussing our hopes and dreams for fantasy. Well, I was gonna say, I hope that your hopes and dreams for your favorite team. Uh, was fulfilled in this draft because for me, it was. And Mine weren't. You, well, uh, well, yours weren't, but I weren't. For me, I I was very happy with what the Jets did, and just the fact that it just feels weird being optimistic about the Jets. It's kind of like with the Knicks, where it's like when it all right. When's the you know when's the when's it coming? When's the fall off coming? And it never came. And who knows? The Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be an actual Cowboys Jeff Super Bowl. And there would be no po- there would be no podcast on this platform for a week and a half. I think we would take a month off. I think we've said this. We we would take a month off. Oh, I would I would not talk to you for at least two weeks. It would basically just be Jake and I talking about it would, it would be Jake and I, and then you would just you, you would have to start your own your own uh, your own competition podcast, just talking about just talking about the New York Jets. I would not have any Cowboys slander on my podcast. I'd have to I'd have to go on to Jake's podcast. I you know that's what I have to do. I have to go on to Jake's podcast to talk about to, to talk about the Jets in the Super Bowl. If that was if that was going to be the case, if they were against the Cowboys. Correct. And I would have to ho- have my own Cowboys podcast. It's Cowboys time on the Basement Talk podcast. I'm Ed Birdsall. And I'm your host, Ed Birdsall. Today, 
where we talk about the Dallas Cowboys and why they are going to beat the New York Jets in Super Bowl 57. Super Bowl 57. That would be that would be something. It's funny be yeah. Basically like if the Mets and Yankees made it to the World Series also. That's also that. true. It would be that sort of thing. That's very, very, very We were like true. four years old in 2000. Yeah. We didn't even know what a podcast was. <laughs> and Adam, Adam, I don't think you, uh, you, you, you caught the little, uh, the little, the little joke. The Cowboys and Jets will be the Super Bowl next year, 2023. <laughs> oh. Really? Yeah, 57, 57's in 2023. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's February 2023. So it'll be next year. Who do you think is in it this year? The Cowboys and the Cowboys, of course. The Cowboys and the Cowboys. The Cowboys win the AFC. That's ridiculous. Uh, if you're asking me seriously, they could even beat the AFC East. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the Bills and the Rams. Oh, that would be a, that would be something. Be a great Super Bowl. Yes. Where is is the Super Bowl in LA this year? Oh, that would be fucked up. Again, can you imagine if they did that again? Where the Ram? I think it is in SoFi Stadium. It is in SoFi. Tis. Yeah, would that be fucked up or what? If they. Oh if God, they- Stan Kroenke gets a fucking Super Bowl. Fuck him. Fuck Kroenke. Kroenke out. And you're predicting Stan Kroenke. To have a Super Bowl in his nope. home stadium? Nope, I take that back. Cowboys Bills. Ooh, rematch. Cowboys Bills. Will the Cowboys get the series sweep over the Bills? Absolutely. Cowboy Again. Cowboys win Cowboys win fifty eight to nothing. That'd be great. Just 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 destroy Josh Allen's confidence. Do it. Cowboys win fifty eight fifty seven. With Josh Allen scoring 10 touchdowns. Still destroy Josh Allen's confidence because he lost a close game. 10 touchdowns for Josh Allen. Yeah, but still. 10 touchdowns. Lots of touchdowns. Insert the self-doubt. I scored 57 points, but it wasn't enough. Why do you hate Josh Allen? Why why are you so mean? I'm not. Well, I am, but it's the Bills. So? Are they the new Patriots? Mm, no. Well, hey, you can hate. You can hate Mac Jones now. The Bills were the Patriots. I already hated Alabama, so it works. Why do you hate Alabama? What's wrong with you? Because Nick Saban. What's wrong with you? What do you what's Saban, wrong with Nick you? Saban's a great American. He's one of those things. He's an American. He's a great American. He he is a king. Actually, I was going to say the Bills or the Patriots before the Patriots, but the Dolphins were actually the Patriots before the Patriots. That was the, the Dolphins, Patriots. yes. But the Dolphins didn't win any Super Bowls. Well, they won two Super Bowls. Well, I'm talking I'm talking about with Marino. I wasn't oh. talk I wasn't talking about the 72 Dolphins. I was talk I was talking more of the the immediate past, not jumping back 30 years. Yeah. But no, I don't I still I don't like the if I came on this podcast and I actually said with a straight face that the Miami Dolphins did not win a Super Bowl, you have every right to remove me from this podcast and take this show into your own hands. Okay. Noted. Only undefeated team in NFL history. And I would just be like, oh, yeah, Dolphins haven't won a Super Bowl. Well, yeah, yeah never, sure. never won a Super Bowl. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Larry well, Zonka. Don't Larry Zonka, it. great guy. Yeah, well, Don Shula, what a king! Uh, fucking, I don't, I don't hate Don Shula. I just don't like Don Shula. He's a king. He's a king. You're out of your mind. Cheated in the '82 AFC Championship game. Made the field all muddy. Ridiculous. Disgraceful. Disgraceful. It it, it was disgraceful. It's disgraceful. You don't like Todd. Don Shula. Don Shula's a great guy. He cost Richard Todd, Richard Todd a Super Bowl appearance. That's what he did. Great show, Adam. Great show. I'm very excited for our mock draft later in the week. 
and excited to have you guys, our listeners, along for the ride. So, Aaron Rodgers' next team odds, plus 200 for the Broncos, plus 600 for the Raiders. I mean, the Broncos didn't draft a quarterback. That's something that we did not talk about. Neither did the Raiders. So, um, well, I mean, the Raiders have a more stable quarterback situation than the Broncos. Throw, throw the bag on the Raiders. <clears throat> Mike Mayock and John Gruden, they won't be able to resist. Oh, my God. John yep. Gruden, Aaron Rodgers. What a, what a fucking duo. You could take the man out of the Packers, but you can't take the Packers out of the man. Amen to that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of not only the Fantasy Show, but everything under the Basin Talk Podcast umbrella on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And so, as we said before, later in the week, we will be doing a mock draft. Very exciting stuff. This is going to be for reals, where we're. it's going to be more accurate than our previous mock drafts because now we know where everybody's going. I think what the kids say these days is it's going to be, quote, totes realsies. There is no way that that is correct. I, don't I think it is. You. I don't I think believe it is. you. Totes realsies. Well, you can you can save that. You can you can have that. I'll, I'll stick with normal English. If it's all That's the, the same to you, it's what, gotta I'm be sure hip, Adam. Gotta be hip. You're only two months older than me. I mean, you have to be hip. We are on it. We are on a podcast. We are on a medium, which requires someone to be hip. Well, you know what Huey Lewis in the news said? It's hip to be square. And you know what Ed Birdsall said? Faux shizzle. By Izzle. I think somebody more famous said that before you. Just a hunch. Don't recall. Just, just a hunch. Anyway, for my co-host Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castro. We'll talk to you next time on the Basement Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye. Bye.